Chapter 78 of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume 3, Part 1 by Alexander Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In which we at length see the true heroine of this history appear. Behind Madame de Saint-Rémy stood Mademoiselle de la Valliere. She heard the explosion of maternal anger, and as she divined the cause of it, she entered the chamber trembling and perceived the unlucky Malicorne, whose woeful countenance might have softened or set laughing whoever observed it coolly. He had promptly entrenched himself behind a large chair, as if to avoid the first attacks of Madame de Saint-Rémy. He had no hopes of prevailing with words, for she spoke louder than he, and without stopping, but he reckoned upon the eloquence of his gestures. The old lady would neither listen to nor see anything. Malicorne had long been one of her antipathies, but her anger was too great not to overflow from Malicorne on his accomplice. Montalais had her turn. "'And you, mademoiselle, you may be certain I shall inform madame of what is going on in the apartment of one of her ladies of honor. "'Oh, dear mother,' cried mademoiselle de la Valliere, "'for mercy's sake, spare.' "'Hold your tongue, mademoiselle, and do not uselessly trouble yourself to intercede for unworthy people, that a young maid of honor like you should be subjected to a bad example is charity's a misfortune great enough, but that you should sanction it by your indulgence is what I will not allow.' "'But in truth,' said Montalais, rebelling again, I do not know under what pretense you treat me thus. I am doing no harm, I suppose. And that great good-for-nothing, mademoiselle, resumed Madame de Saint-Rémy, pointing to Malicorne, is he here to do any good, I ask you? He is neither here for good nor harm, madame. He comes to see me, that is all. "'It is all very well, all very well,' said the old lady. "'Her royal highness shall be informed of it, and she will judge.' "'At all events I do not see why,' replied Montalais. "'It should be forbidden, Monsieur Malicorne, to have intentions towards me, if his intentions are honorable.' "'Honorable intentions! With such a face!' cried Madame de Saint-Rémy. "'I thank you in the name of my face, madame,' said Malicorne. "'Come, my daughter, come,' continued Madame de Saint-Rémy. "'We will go and inform madame that, at the very moment she is weeping for her husband, at the moment when we are all weeping for a master in this old castle of Blois, the abode of grief, there are people who amuse themselves with flirtations.' oh cried both the accused with one voice a maid of honor a maid of honor cried the old lady lifting her hands toward heaven well it is there you are mistaken madame said montalais highly exasperated i am no longer a maid of honor of madame's at least have you given in your resignation mademoiselle that is well i cannot but applaud such a determination and i do applaud it i do not give in my resignation madame i take another service that is all 
in the bourgeoisie or in the robe asked madame de saint remy disdainfully please to learn madame that i am not a girl to serve either bourgeoisie or robines and instead of the miserable court at which you vegetate i am going to reside in a court almost royal <laughs> a royal court said madame de saint remy forcing a laugh a royal court what think you of that my daughter and she turned round toward mademoiselle de la valliere whom she would by main force have dragged away from montalais and who instead of obeying the impulse of madame de saint remy looked first at her mother and then at montalais with her beautiful conciliatory eyes i did not say a royal court madame replied montalais because madame henrietta of england who is about to become the wife of s a r monsieur is not a queen i said almost royal and i spoke correctly since she will be sister-in-law to the king a thunderbolt falling upon the castle of blois would not have astonished madame de saint remy more than the last sentence of montalais what do you say of son altesse royale madame henrietta stammered out the old lady i say i am going to belong to her household as maid of honor that is what i say as maid of honor cried at the same time madame de saint remy with despair and mademoiselle de la valliere with delight yes madame as maid of honor the old lady's head sank down as if the blow had been too severe for her but almost immediately recovering herself she launched a last projectile at her adversary oh ho said she i have heard of many of these sorts of promises beforehand which often lead people to flatter themselves with wild hopes and at the last moment when the time comes to keep the promises and have the hopes realized they are surprised to see the great credit upon which they reckoned vanish like smoke oh madame the credit of my protector is incontestable and his promises are as good as deeds and would it be indiscreet to ask you the name of this powerful protector oh mon dieu no it is that gentleman there said montalais pointing to malicorne who during this scene had preserved the most imperturbable coolness and the most comic dignity monsieur cried madame de saint remy with an explosion of hilarity monsieur is your protector is the man whose credit is so powerful and whose promises are as good as deeds monsieur malicorne malicorne bowed as to montalais as her sole reply she drew the brevet from her pocket and showed it to the old lady here is the brevet said she at once all was over as soon as she had cast a rapid glance over this fortunate brevet the good lady clasped her hands an unspeakable expression of envy and despair contracted her countenance and she was obliged to sit down to avoid fainting 
Montalais was not malicious enough to rejoice extravagantly at her victory, or to overwhelm the conquered enemy, particularly when that enemy was the mother of her friend. She used then, but did not abuse her triumph. Malicorne was less generous. He assumed noble poses in his fauteuil, and stretched himself out with a familiarity which, two hours earlier, would have drawn upon him threats of a caning. "'Made of honor to the young madame,' repeated Madame de Saint-Rémy, still but half convinced. "'Yes, madame, and through the protection of Monsieur Malicorne, moreover.' "'It is incredible.' repeated the old lady. "'It is not credible, Louise.' But Louise did not reply. She was sitting, thoughtful, almost sad. Passing one hand over her beautiful brow, she sighed heavily. "'Well, but, monsieur,' said Madame de Saint-Rémy all at once, "'how did you manage to obtain this post?' "'I asked for it, madame.' of whom one of my friends and have you friends sufficiently powerful at court to give you such proofs of their credit it appears so and may one ask the name of these friends i did not say i had many friends madame i said i had one friend and that friend is called peste madame you go too far when one has a friend as powerful as mine we do not publish his name in that fashion in open day in order that he may be stolen from us you are right monsieur to be silent as to that name for i think it would be pretty difficult for you to tell it at all events said montalais if the friend does not exist the brevet does and that cuts short the question. Then I conceive, said Madame de Saint-Rémy, with the gracious smile of the cat, who was going to scratch. When I found Monsieur here just now, well, he brought you the brevet. Exactly, Madame. You have guessed rightly. Well, then nothing can be more moral or proper. I think so, madame. And I have been wrong, as it appears, in reproaching you, mademoiselle. Very wrong, madame. But I am so accustomed to your reproaches that I pardon you these. In that case, let us be gone, Louise. We have nothing to do but to retire. Well. Madame said Lavalliere, starting. Did you speak? You do not appear to be listening, my child. No, madame, I was thinking. About what? A thousand things. You bear me no ill will, at least, Louise, cried Montalais, pressing her hand. And why should I, my dear Aura? replied the girl in a voice soft as a flute. Dame, resumed Madame de Saint-Rémy, if she did bear you a little ill-will, poor girl, she could not be much blamed. And why should she bear me ill-will, good gracious? 
it appears to me that she is of as good a family and as pretty as you mother mother cried louise prettier a hundred times madame not of a better family but that does not tell me why louise should bear me ill will do you think it will be very amusing for her to be buried alive at blois when you are going to shine at paris but madame it is not i who prevent louise following me thither on the contrary i should be certainly most happy if she came there but it appears that monsieur malicorn who is all-powerful at court ah so much the worse madame said malicorn every one for himself in this poor world malicorn malicorn said montalais then stooping toward the young man occupy madame de saint remy either in disputing with her or making it up with her i must speak to louise and at the same time a soft pressure of the hand recompensed malicorn for his future obedience malicorn went grumbling toward madame de saint remy whilst montalais said to her friend throwing one arm around her neck what is the matter tell me is it true that you would not love me if i were to shine as your mother says oh no said the young girl with difficulty restraining her tears on the contrary i rejoice at your good fortune rejoice why one would say you are ready to cry do people never weep except from envy oh yes i understand i am going to paris and that word paris recalls to your mind a certain cavalier aura a certain cavalier who formerly lived near blois and who now resides at paris in truth i know not what ails me but i feel stifled weep then weep as you cannot give me a smile louise raised her sweet face which the tears rolling down one after the other illumined like diamonds come confess said montalais what shall i confess what makes you weep people don't weep without cause i am your friend whatever you would wish me to do i will do malicorne is more powerful than you would think do you wish to go to paris alas sighed louise do you wish to come to paris to remain here alone in this old castle i who have enjoyed the delightful habit of listening to your songs of pressing your hand of running about the park with you oh how i shall be ennui how quickly i shall die do you wish to come to paris louise breathed another sigh you do not answer me what would you that i should reply yes or no that is not very difficult i think oh you are very fortunate montalais that is to say you would like to be in my place louise was silent little obstinate thing said montalais did ever anyone keep her secrets from her friend thus but confess that you would like to come to paris confess that you are dying with the wish to see raoul again 
I cannot confess that. Then you are wrong. In what way? Because, do you see this brevet? To be sure I do. Well, I would have got you a similar one. By whose means? Malicorns. Aura, are you telling the truth? Is that possible? Malicorn is there, and what he has done for me, he surely can do for you. Malicorn had heard his name pronounced twice. He was delighted at having an opportunity to coming to a conclusion with Madame de Saint-Rémy, and he turned round. "'What is the question, mademoiselle?' "'Come hither, Malicorn,' said Montalais, with an imperious gesture. Malicorn obeyed. "'A brevet like this?' said Montalais. "'How so?' "'A brevet like this?' That is plain enough. But? I want one. I must have one. Oh, oh, you must have one. Yes. It is impossible, is it not, Monsieur Malicorne? said Louise, with her sweet, soft voice. If it is for you, mademoiselle. For me, yes, Monsieur Malicorne, it would be for me. And if Mademoiselle de Montalais asks it at the same time? Mademoiselle de Montalais does not ask it. She requires it. Well, we will endeavor to obey you, Mademoiselle. And you will have her named? We will try. No evasive answers. Louise de la Valliere shall be maid of honor to Madame Henrietta within a week. How you talk! Within a week, or else. Well, or else. You may take back your brevet, Monsieur Malicorne. I will not leave my friend. Dear Montalais. That is right. Keep your brevet. Mademoiselle de la Valliere shall be a maid of honor. Is that true? Quite true. I may then hope to go to Paris? Depend upon it. Oh, Monsieur Malicorne, what joy! cried Louise, clapping her hands and bounding with pleasure. Little dissembler, said Montalais, try again to make me believe you are not in love with Raoul. Louise blushed like a rose in June, but instead of replying, she ran and embraced her mother. Madame, said she, do you know that Monsieur Malicorne is going to have me appointed? Maid of honor. Monsieur Malicorne is a prince in disguise, replied the old lady. He is all-powerful, seemingly. Should you also like to be maid of honor? asked Malicorne of Madame de Saint-Rémy. Whilst I am about it, I might as well get everybody appointed. And upon that he went away, leaving the poor lady quite disconcerted. Humph! murmured Malicorne as he descended the stairs. Humph! There goes another note of a thousand livres. But I must get through as well as I can. My friend Manicamp does nothing for nothing. End of chapter 78. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.